because she's not going to be able to say she's nine months pregnant in a week. Yeah, she'll be able to say she's breastfeeding a child for a long, yeah. lot longer than nine months. Just gave birth to your child. Oh, God you're damn not, it. That ride is not over, Crawford. Yeah. I'm never going to win another <laughs> argument ever. No. It's best if you just accept that and move on with your life, you'll be happy. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, the uh, podcast where we offer unrehearsed, randomized reviews without the bull. Uh, I am Crofton Steers, and I am here with two delightful co-hosts who join me every single week. And, of course, I am talking about Mr. Bo Schwartz. How are you doing, Bo? Uh, hello. And Mr. Michael Hodgins. Hello. Bo hey. and I had a role, role reversal. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> I'm Chipper. Hello, listeners. Oh, it's, thing so, is good. it's so it's, Yeah, it's so annoying because I want to be the Chipper one. But I'm not no, feeling too cool. good today, so. That's okay. You guys can. So, all right, let's start. Bo, why are you feeling bad? Wait, can I guess first? Is it because you started smoking again? No, I didn't. I haven't resumed smoking. I haven't had Wait. a cigarette in like f- over four months now. Awesome. L- let me guess. It's the chlamydia. Is it the chlamydia? No, it's not the chlamydia. Doctor says that as long as I keep applying the topical cream, everything should be fine. All right. You no, know you had chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, neither did I. But um, so what? Uh, what I just is made it? Made it up. Oh, I've got. I think I've. I've somehow become a, a hay fever sufferer. And um, not realize it, although I sort of self-diagnosed, so the verdict's out on whether my diagnosis was correct. So I just bought some Claritin like an hour ago, and I'm going to see if that actually helps uh, relieve symptoms. But I'm in a foul mood. Let me tell you. It's funny how self-diagnosis, it just doesn't work. It's like everyone, you Google shit, and then you look at WebMD and some other stuff. If you really want to know, you should go to a doctor. He's boiled it down to a hay fever. Uh, cold or cancer? Yeah, it's always cancer. Well, There's always something that could yeah. be cancer. I mean, I've got these like itchy bumps on my fingers. That sounds like cancer to me. I'm really glad that sentence ended with fingers. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I certainly hope that there's no itchy bumps that develop on my Johnson because that would be uncomfortable. All right, Bo. So we know why you're in a bad mood, Hodgins. Why are you in a good mood? Oh, because it was like a. Oh, I was discussing with someone earlier today the term Indian summer. Is that an offensive term yes. i don't know it sounds pretty offensive <laughs> well i know that's what i thought it did too and i was kind of like but i don't know i've not heard another term for when it's the fall but then it gets hot again like summer whatever let's just use it i don't i don't mind well i mean we already did a podcast on politically correct and i said it was good to be politically correct so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm checking to see i don't want to be offensive uh, anyways we should do hopefully the random topic general will, will give us the subject of racism at some point race, yeah but we are, but this is political we already did the political correct and i'm not sure if that quite anyways in any case it's a lovely day today went uh, for a hike and the, the leaves are changing colors but it's like summer weather and uh, Crofton was there too. It was like a baby group. We went with a bunch of. There was a lot of people. I was like fifteen people and like I don't know thirteen babies or something. Yeah. No, it's true. We had the smallest baby. Yeah, you know, you know, win for smallest baby. That was me for quite a while, but now it's now it's Crofton. Little yeah. Gwen's the littlest. She's little, but she has mighty lungs. 
<laughs> Indeed. All right, let's uh, let's roll into a topic here, gents. Uh, let's uh, um, have Hodgins exit his house, perhaps go into the garage, activate that machine that he likes to activate that delivers us a random topic. Oh, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. <laughs> oh, you might want to stay away from that machine with your hay fever or cancer. Well, I'm not. I'm not allergic to carbon monoxide, <sighs> although it's still yeah. bad for me. Uh, the topic today is criticism. What oh. a terrible topic! I mean, we should have better <laughs> topics on this show than criticism. <laughs> we need better topics on this show. I like. I like. I like that, that Bo shits on topics all the time. Because I'll tell you one thing, and this is sort of a behind that, the scenes that look was a at, joke. At the development of this show is that whenever uh, we, you know, fill the random talk. Of, topic generator because it runs on gas it runs the gas is topics and we get them from our listeners we get them from from ourselves and at the beginning of every year we just fill it full of gas full of topics yeah, it's like it's like a coffee grinder except instead of beans there's topics just com- yeah just melts them all down and then spews out a random one but every once in a while one of mine will come up where i was like oh this would be an interesting topic Believe it or not, professional wrestling last week was mine. Guys, guys, uh, we're revealing uh, but, trade secrets that other podcasts that do uh, discussions on random yeah, topics are going to random topic. No, I'm just saying it's the fuel. It's part of the fuel we put these in, right? Like, and uh, and uh, yeah, this one again it was one that I had been thinking about a lot. Uh, and and uh, and Bo, here you are poo pooing it right so off the bat. Why don't you that. qualify it then? We say criticism. Like, what are specifically are we referring to? Well, I was I was thinking like in terms of criticism and and being a bit meta uh, and looking at looking at what we do. What we do is criticism, right? We criticize a random topic can be anything. Uh, a lot of criticism is much more specific, and so that's looking at something. And, and this is going to sound redundant, but critically, so looking at it, assessing its its merits, <laughs> assessing assessing what's. Uh, What's wrong with it, Bo? Sorry, did you want to add something? (laughs) Criticism is looking at something critically. I'm laughing because it was no, no, but it actually, it actually, I I see what he's saying, and uh, yeah, I said that it it sounds redundant, but that's essentially what it is. It's like taking the pros, taking the cons, uh, assessing the value of something, uh, and and often it's done with with art in art you know uh can range from from m- movies and film criticism uh t- uh to to literature uh to uh to music to ev- you know everything in between if somebody creates something there's probably three people at least criticizing it sometimes for the good sometimes uh, uh uh for the bad and so here that's pretty much all we do that's what we do on this show we criticize stuff we provide uh, verdicts at the end um it's a little different at GBB because we're looking at topics that are uh, large often and that aren't necessarily – we're not looking at individual works um, as much as we're looking at, at broad themes. So uh, in terms of offending people, we generally aren't offending one person in particular rather than a giant group of pers- people that, that have a similar belief. So yeah, that's in, in a nutshell, that's – criticism and and i think it's it'd be interesting to think like is what is the value of criticism is it good i just before we move into so just like it's a because when you were describing that i'm thinking things like you know you got food critics you got movie critics Uh you got 
play theater critics, yep, um, all that stuff, and um, as opposed to like. You know, I I go into work and I say to to Bob who works there like Bob, I don't like that tie. I'm being critical of his tie. <laughs> That's not the type of criticism we're talking about. We're talking about that kind of like institutionalized cr- cr- criticism. I you know they are they are somewhere linked, right? Like they, <laughs> but should we are- stick to the one of like the the kind of like as a profession as something that exists in society, like uh, criticism, like this show or like other it, things. It would be easier to do that, and it would also allow us to be a little introspective with regards to our own show. I also think that's in the common vernacular that we refer to people. Like, for example, let's say I have a a mismatched outfit on, and I go into work, and then my, you know, people criticize criticize me for my inability to dress professionally in the workplace. Um, (laughs) It may, you know, if it's in the form of a performance review where something is being evaluated, you know, as good or bad, that's criticism. If someone is just being disparaging or insulting and not constructive, we say you're being critical, but really I think you're being pejorative. So it's 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 like I think we use the term, oh, you're a critical person or you're a judgmental person. We actually mean to say that you're a person that like says negative comments about right. people and, so, and that's not really what criticism so it's not like is. you have an argument with your friend and you say you criticize everything i said that person's not a critic we're talking more yeah, like, like your criticism of me self-diagnosing being stupid is not really real criticism <laughs> it's more just being a dick I thought and, if, uh, if i say <laughs> if i say hey bo you have an that's a nice tie you're well put together today that's a compliment but it's also criticism with regards to how you're dressed right like get, it's like, it, it's positive. Criticism has somewhere um, taken on the the idea that it's it's an it's a negative, right? But like, uh, say, going back to critics and movie reviews or something like that, somebody might have a five star review just saying pointing out all sorts of great things. It's still criticism, though, right? Right. Like, yeah. Well- yeah, I would say okay, that criticism so, is like a, an apple, and if you just say one thing, that's like one bite of the apple or something like that. Right, but but no, but that that does clarify because there there is a ton of that stuff, and you just when we're talking about like f- there's fashion critics and also just social critics who are around in the media. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, that well, does you can criticize the city's proposal to you know expand uh, transit or something like that. You know, if you're criticizing a, a public plan, then maybe your job is to look at what people are proposing and say, yeah, this looks good or no, this looks terrible and why. And criticism is a big topic, but but so is death or some of these sure, other yeah. things that we've tackled. So, I mean, it is, it is, but what's interesting I find about it is that it's what we're dabbling in. And uh, I wonder, like, is criticism, uh, is criticism necessary? Like, would, if there was all of a sudden you could eliminate all criticism from the world uh, or if if you want to narrow it down, eliminate all say professional critics uh, of art, entertainment, society, whatever from the world, uh, is that a value added, a value lost, or is it just it really? Is it just a, a, a function that serves no purpose? It it's pretty. It's interesting in that it it depends on the on on the information being look being looked at. I think heavily. Um, cause, uh, some things, there's a lot of things, uh, in the world that are subjective things. And I think that's where kind of the role of the critic really, really serves a purpose. Uh, whereas I think with things that may be considered, uh, 
hard facts, uh, then something like Critic can can just serve as a smokescreen towards uh, information getting out. And I think we see that a lot through a lot of pseudoscience and people criticizing things such as climate change as opposed to – so where facts exist, I, th- I think – it can be a disservice when people take take it to there, but with subjective things, um, sometimes the value added by by a by a critic, someone who is well versed in the whatever they're discussing, like a food critic, say um, the subjective aspects. I think it does serve a purpose. Okay. Um, so, but is it not possible, or is it a misuse of the term to criticize if someone like puts forward a scientific paper, and you're looking at it, and you're in the similar field, and if you're going to um, try to replicate the results or, you know, do, I don't know, like, is, is there, well, is there well, an element of criticism to it or is that a different thing? That, no, no, actually, you're, you're right. I mean, the, the peer review process is, is, is absolutely one of the cornerstones of how science works. And, with, and without it, the process falls apart. So, yeah, without scientists criticizing each other and their methodologies, then it, you know, that, that is a good point. Maybe I have to take back exactly what I just said. Uh, but uh, yeah, I it's funny because when you said it, I also thought about that peer review yeah, yeah. process. With reg- but but that said, um, and and I I definitely recognize the value of peer review to the scientific method and how all that how how when somebody theorizes something to have it critically assessed by another expert in the field, there's value. There's value in that for the you know large part in society. There's not a bunch of people reading everybody's peer reviews or critically uh, approaching uh, scientific theses. Maybe it'd be a better place if if people did, but for the most part, they don't. The critics that they're reading tend to be arts and entertainment critics or, or stuff like, you know, you mentioned food and all that sort of thing. But like, is there – so f- it, when you look at art, for instance – Art is kind of – everybody struggles to define what is or what is not art all the time. And then you have these, uh, I guess, self-proclaimed experts because, I mean, I guess all that makes you an expert in, in some of these fields is just exposing yourself to a lot of the content uh, and then and then feeling comfortable in assessing it. But like do these, do, do these critics, I guess – um, when when is there a value to say re- reviewing uh, a music album or a piece of art? It's really is set, and everybody says this in the comments section of any review anywhere on the internet. That's just your opinion, man. Like, and it <laughs> is, and it is, it is that yep. person's opinion. But like, it is what is the value of that one one person's opinion? And is it does it just like block access to to these, you know, pieces of art, pieces of entertainment. Well, uh, yeah, sorry, I've gone on long enough. You know, I, no, I think it's, I think it's a good point, and uh, wh- I, I think that it, I think that it really does add a value. And the reason it pro- is, it does is because someone who is a crit- a good critic, is someone who is uh, very well versed in the, in that thing. So if you're talking about say art or something like that, I, I would expect that person to have a degree in art history or have studied arts at a quite a deep level and be up to speed on contemporary art and all this and that. Now I might approach a piece of art and say, Oh, I like this. Uh, and an art critic might, might approach it and say like, uh, you know, aesthetically it's, it's pleasing and it's, and, and they might be able to say it's, it's in the style of this and, and list a bunch of things 
that, that help define it. But where an art critic, and I'm just sticking with art for this one, but I think it applies to, all, to music and other things too, where, where those critics can come along is, is, is help define when something is new or innovative. And that, and that if you don't have that expertise, you, you wouldn't know. Like you might go and see some piece of art and be like, wow, this is, this is amazing, this is groundbreaking. And some art critic might be like, oh yeah, that, was, that, was, that type of thing was first done 50 years ago. This is just someone uh, basically copying somebody else's style. And you're like, oh, you know, it's... It, Especially in stuff like art, innovation and new things are are what drives uh, are what are what drives art. So even though something you know a lot of modern art gets criticized, like well it's a bunch of squares or something you know, like that. But but it's the whole basic thing is is that, is that if no one's done it before or or no one's approached it before, then it's a new thing to the to the spectrum of that field. And in, and if you have the background, you can identify what's new and exciting or what's interesting or a new idea. And those don't necessarily come along every day. So critics, I think, can help point us in the direction of like, well, this ha- this is something. This is something new and interesting, and maybe we should pay attention to it because it is new. Or perhaps a, a better way of putting it is just an artic- article of cultural value. So it doesn't necessarily have to be new and innovative, although probably it's those things. But like also, it's just does this have value or not, or what are its values? Be- especially in, the, in subjective categories like food, I mean – I'd go to like pretty much any restaurant and enjoy. I think the food was amazing, but someone who I think um, spends, you know, if you spend uh, forty to eighty hours a week, you know, steeped in this kind of information and knowledge, you, you may have a better sense of what provides greater cultural value to our community and, and you know, therefore worthy of our patronage. Like if you're gonna go and have a sixty dollar meal somewhere, you might refer to a critic who's had a lot of $60 meals and also has that frame of reference in terms of knows, uh, you know, how to distinguish things that are prepared properly and all that kind of stuff. So as a total noob in the, in the, you know, patroning expensive meal places or restaurants or whatever, um, I'm getting a, a valuable cultural experience. I'm getting value for my hard-earned money in that regard and et cetera. But, but do you feel like, cause I have a friend who is, uh, uh, has her own food blog. Whenever I'm talking about restaurants around town, I always turn to her. She's very Jane. If you're listening, I always appreciate your recommendations. Um, the uh, but but what is interesting is that she is not in any way. Mark uh, Mike mentioned the degree in art, art history when talking about um, uh, formal critics, but we've now entered the generation of sort of like the popularization of criticism to the point now that anybody can do it they they can either have their own blog or they can go like there are sites where say for a movie or whatever that now when a movie comes out often they'll say this was its box office return the the average feedback of people coming out was it's an 8 out of 10 and this is what the rotten tomatoes uh, uh, amalgamation of of formal criticism says it seems like there's less and less requirements needed to be a critic or to 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 have your voice heard now nowadays as long as you're popular uh you do, it doesn't really matter what your background is and that sort of is another thing i'd like to tie into to criticism which is popular and and popularity because let's take for instance in movies um this i think the second or third highest grossing movie of this year was the transformers movie okay are you kidding me 
<laughs> it, it was it was the fourth it's the fourth Transformers movie. It was for the long time the the top grossing movie of the year until Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and uh, and it's so it's the fourth. So there were three movies previous previous to it, all made by the same director, um, and and uh, all the reviews for each of the movies were 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 generally poor. For critical reviews were generally poor. Yet. Lots of people went to see every single one to the point that the fourth movie is one of the top grossing films of the year. Yet every single movie in the franchise has received poor formal critical reviews. So the movies are popular. They are popular despite the formal critical appraisal. So you have critics that are becoming critics due to popularity, due, due with no formal training or no formal background, due to just somehow uh, – capturing the zeitgeist and then you have and then you have movies or pieces of art or books or music that become extremely popular they get savaged by critics i picked on transformers but you can look at 50 shades of gray as a book or anything they get savaged by critics but do tremendously well with with uh, if you ask people, they might they might come back with different opinions and say, "Oh no, yeah. we love these." Well, I mean, so like I- food critics would probably not really endorse McDonald's, um, but it's also very popular. I think, I think, um, I think that's true probably in almost every field of, of criticism. Like, are you are you trying I'm, to say that? Well, I, hang I, on, because I'm confused by what Crofton was saying a little bit. Because no, I th- I think he's I think he's 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 on but i think i think that what the differentiation is is that is that there's uh there's there's en- there's entertainment and then there's and then there's art and those those things are kind of overlapping a lot of the time and i think uh, often what the critic does is point towards is towards something that is of merit within its field so transformers may get panned because from a critical standpoint it's a piece of garbage well also if you have any sense it's a piece of garbage you know what? I can counterpoint that. But Whatever. I'll let you anyway, Michael Bay sucks. And you say, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know what? It it may be a poor narrative. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, don't, I didn't mean this to turn into a sub argument about the shittiness of Transformers. But what what I'm saying is is that it might get panned by critics because it brings nothing new to the field. Um, whereas something like like there's there a movie recently I haven't seen it yet though I mean to called Boyhood, which has been uh, adored by critics uh, because and it's a really a, a new take on filmmaking it was filmed over 12 years uh, has this one actor who who ages through kind of his critical point of boyhood into kind of adulthood and actually filmed over 12 years with all the same actors and it's just like it's new it's like wow no one's done this before and it's been it's got really good praises and a lot of critics are being like this is worth seeing and because it's it brings something new to to the field and and i think that's not the discount something like transformers as being a populist uh thing that that people enjoy and there's nothing wrong with that but critically it's just another you know it's just a money-making blockbuster as in mcdonald's pumps out food and yeah people like it it tastes good whatever but it's the same old same old thing whereas food critics are maybe looking for interesting flavor combinations and new things and and might send you to, to, to to have an experience at a restaurant rather than just feeling your gut well, yeah, I mean, McDonald's is arguably uh, nourishment, like barely passing that threshold where you can actually call it nourishment. It's it's probably eating it is toxic for you, actually. You know, like, but it's more a question. I think you're you're right that Transformers is intended as entertainment, and critics can pan that kind of thing. 
But I think that because you touched on one of those things that I think people dislike the idea of criticism for, especially people who are not as into, you know, deep thinking or that kind of thing. I prefer to view life and take a simpler approach to things is pretentiousness. So to take everything and pick it apart is not everyone's bag. And in fact, some people have that philosophy that in doing such things, you sort of take the magic out of life. And, um, you know, you're really just sort of overthinking and ruining stuff. And, you know, from a certain regard, I can I, I understand that because we bag on Transformers. Um, however, it is a film the, in the same way that Boyhood is a film. And there's value to be had, I think, from, you know, nostalgia where, you know, if you were young and you liked the Transformers, even if they're terrible, you still like the idea <laughs> that finally there's a live action movie. You're an audience that's engaged with that <laughs> I like your talk. I, I really wait. wait I love the Transformers. Mike? I hate the stories in the movies, but I'll watch all those Transformers movies and enjoy them. And right. I don't need to feel like, um, well, I can't enjoy this because I'm a smart person, and I want people to know that I'm well, smart. I'm not so that, wait, no, Mike, don't, don't, uh, don't harp on the Transformers anymore. No, no, I regret bringing that up as a topic. I uh, know we shouldn't have, but but again, it comes back to the fact that yeah, you can still be entertained by it, uh, but but again, the role of the critic is not to be like this is. This might entertain you, right? Like no, but it is. It, it is, is to a certain like, extent. That's a value it's, of a piece of work, right? It's not everything. It's not like what, Mike. Your point about advancing art—that's important. There's no question to that being important. But if a perfectly crafted piece of entertainment comes out that doesn't advance art in any way, but is just a good time, I would think that a, a a good critic, be it a video game, be it a movie, be it a book, be it whatever, would be able to say, you know what? Like this is this is not going. To to uh, you know, <laughs> teach you new things, but it is ex- extremely well crafted, well put together, and extremely entertaining. So I give yeah, it a no, high no, mark, uh, right? Point well taken. Again, let let's refer back to Transform yeah, being universally panned. Sure, <laughs> it doesn't uh, yeah. even meet that. Yeah, um, because I, I wanted because Crofton was trying to say something, and I don't think I think like it still bears like conversation. Where I think what you were trying to say partly, Crofton, was that anybody um, the three. Critic criticism, like professional critics, was kind of like I don't know. People became them somehow, I guess, and they're a certain kind of person. But now everyone has the ability to start a blog or go on the internet and criticize things, and some of them, like it's an avenue to to rise to prominence. However, it it lacks that. Um, in some regards, it lacks that. You know, professional training. Like I went to Oxford, and now I do theater criticism. It's just like, yo, I'm a dude, and I review movies, and this movie sucks because uh, your mom or something. You know, like yeah, well, and definitely that... YouTube channels and all yeah. this. And and this show, the appeal of it is that, like, really, we have, we are three guys, and we have our life experiences, and if you're you're listening to us, if you are listening, and we hope you are. For entertainment. So there's the new phenomenon, and I consider this fairly new phenomenon, which is criticism as entertainment. Well, and I had I have like a show uh, – there's a video game show made in Canada here, Reviews in the on the Run, which I think is a good show. Uh, but it essentially um, – 
it was a guy who who saw that there was an empty space here uh, it, with regards to te- having a television show uh, um, doing video game criticism. He secured the money and he he put on the show. And now I watch I watch the show and I enjoy it. But really, what's it offering me? It's not offering me entertainment in so much as it's offering me criticism of entertainment. And I'm enjoying watching it just to watch the criticism. It it, it yeah it helps educate my future purchases or my future future approaches to things but it is it is interesting now I'll go to websites and when a new review for a, a new film or a new game or a new book comes out I'm like oh I want to see what this guy says or I'm interested and part of that is due to the entertainment I get in reading the review and not necessarily uh, interest to you know I, I, I watch reviews for the Transformers movie that I had no interest in, in in seeing why do i keep bringing up transformer i had no interest in seeing it but i still watched some of the reviews and read the reviews because i was interested in being entertained by the criticism yeah that's a good it's a good point that um criticism that you make that criticism is a form of entertainment uh, in some regards it and- is now i find it, it may not have always been that way but it, it, it i feel like it's at that point now where well, people are yeah, I, I think there, that's uh, popular. It's popular. I think there still is professional criticism, and I think the the, the majority of people are not don't don't view that as entertainment. So yeah, I think you're only engaging with that kind of material if that's of professional or some sort of interest to you. You know, but everyone likes to watch movies, and we like to bag on panned movies like the Transformers, even if it had Grimlock in it. Um. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. So you're, you're, yeah, you'd be totally wouldn't be a good reviewer of that because you have too much bias uh, towards it. It's but not could, bad you could note that though. You could like, note that. I think you'd have to. And uh, well, I, and I make think a there's point. value there for a Transformer fan. If I'm a Transformer fan, uh, you know, yeah, like Joe uh, Roger Ebert or something might pan something, but have never had any interest in Transformers. I want to know maybe. What a Transformer fan thinks uh, of, you know, of the film, just like any intellectual property. When something Star Wars comes out, I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from somebody who hates Star Wars on principle, right? Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, and I think that's the the subjectivity we talked about just briefly earlier. But I, I think that does, that does play a role in it because this stuff is inherently subjective, and in that we said, you know, like a lot, like a lot of critics planned. Uh, Transformers, and that is a subjective, a subjective view coming from 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 their standpoint. Um, and and I think that it's worth like if you're uh, consuming uh, criticism or reviews of whatever, um, it helps to have a sense like, like it's something you're doing regularly of uh, do I like this critic? Do 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 their because if if one of the things you're doing with criticism is to is to help you not waste time. Like, say, do I want to go see this movie? Uh, is it worth my time? Is it worth my money to go see it or to eat at this restaurant or whatever? Over time, like, if you read reviews, you can find, and I found this to be true with myself about move, movie reviews in particular, that certain reviewers have the same kind of likes and dislikes that I do. So there, there's this guy that reviews on CBC Radio, and I've noticed after listening to him quite a while that I'm like, I pretty much agree with most everything he says. He pans a lot of movies like Transformers. And it, it's just that he he, he kind of, I guess, shares my view about films. But if you were someone who's not me or someone who has his viewpoint, you might disagree with everything he says. You might say, 
oh, I, this guy doesn't like anything that I like. All the movies he sends me to, I, I despise. And then, and then really, in this day and age, you can find a reviewer who will give you that kind of subjective review of the kind of, of, the kind of stuff that you are interested in. And maybe that's the value of mass criticism now you can probably find someone who shares your views on something and has done a little bit of research about it and then once you find that person you can go to them to be like is this worth my time or not i find that uh that in in where we've gone as a society especially with new technologies and we talked about we've talked on the show before about review aggregators we've talked on the show about internet comments uh and I find that uh, that all of this comes together with criticism uh, nowadays. In the world of video games, when a new game comes out, it often comes out with a tremendous amount of hype. And people have invested sort of – I don't know why, but they invest – and it's the same with films or whatever. You invest emotional capital into this product before it's even released. You want it to be good. And then and then when it comes out and it's not or, or it comes out and a review – Maybe, you know, out of 10 reviewers, nine of the reviewers give it nine out of 10. And then one reviewer gives it seven out of 10, which by no means would be a, a bad score. Um, and then you see, like, in the comments underneath the review, people are just like savaging the reviewer. I, I can't believe it. These other critics get this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's got his head so far up his ass, he can't see the review scoreboard. You know, like, um, I find that. I find that uh, people are more, I don't know, they have like emotional capital tied into criticism and and they have a way to, to deliver their feedback um, through, through the internet. And it, it just feels like where something used to be a helpful tool to help you decide purchases and stuff, it seems, it seems like now it's reached the point where it's just – angry people yelling at each other and as Bo said there's pretension uh, uh and and then the, there's populism there's everything in between but it feels like criticism is getting diluted uh, more and more as like our society goes forward i don't know if that's just me but i i feel like it's losing value well opinions are like assholes everyone has one <laughs> i guess so <laughs> um you, you know what uh, speaking of types of criticism because I, I find that a lot of criticism happens in a in a vacuum so you're a critic you go you, you go to some restaurant you eat the food and you sit down and you write your critical review of the food and it gets published someplace. And, and I guess there's some value to that, but I think that definitely comes back to – or movie reviews are often the same. Uh, it comes back to like if you line up with that person's view, uh, then that might be good for you or maybe useless to you, whatever. The, the models that I like for criticism and what I think uh, – and there's a lot of them. Uh, I, I think the go-to one is Siskel and Ebert who are both uh, – uh, passed away now, and there's other ones that Croft and you mentioned reviews on the run. I believe those are at least when I used to watch it was two dudes who would go back and forth. And I think that the, that model of like where you have two or more people, and like this show, and I think that there's value in the what we're doing here as well. Uh, is it there, there's a there's criticism, but there's also a critical discussion. So uh, I've definitely watched some Siskel and Ebert where they have vehemently disagreed on, on a film, and other times when they're just you know, couldn't agree more. And that's pretty interesting because when you watch an argument, not an argument, but a, but, a, but a discussion unfold, points get made, people try to give counterpoints to those. It helps fill out 
uh, it helps fill out your understanding of the subject more so than just someone in a vacuum writing i think this for whatever reasons because if you have that dialogue and someone else you know coming right back at them offering a different point of view uh i think it it broadens the discussion so i i personally like that format and i think there is i think it's more in depth than the just solo person giving their two cents yeah, because then you get a you synthesize something into something greater, maybe. and that's why this show's so great because we've got three people with generalist kind of kind of intellects here talking about all kinds of things. you know the discussions, what it's all about. Sweet. Do we want to? <laughs> hey, you know what's a trademark of this show? Verdicts. You want to? Do we want to roll into some of them? Yeah. All right. I'll. I can step up to the uh, to verdict the plate. plate. Let me put on my gown and get my gavel. Um, so, Break out that criticism, Bo. <laughs> so, speaking of pretension, I'd like to pre- start by saying uh, my favorite Shakespeare quote <laughs> is um, "There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so." And I would defy anyone to go through a day and not consider, um, th- you know, things in your life, things that you perceive in a way, in a context of, oh, this is a positive thing or this is a negative thing. Um, we know that life can be complex and it's not as simple as looking at, uh, you don't look at a table and think it's, it's just good because it supports stuff because it may also be an ugly looking table and you want it out of your house, making it a bad thing. And, and so I think the, I think everyone has the capacity to do this. And I think when we look at how the internet has evolved, um, certainly if we have something to say, it's about things. And a lot of these things are, uh, you know, I think mainly pejorative or an expression of our sentiment and not what true professional criticism is. Um, I think we spent a, a lot of our time talking about um, more populist criticism in terms of food and film reviews and art and all that. But, um, you know, criticism, I think the term delves very deeply into criticizing a company's, you know, ethical standards, um, you know, like regulatory agencies might be in the business of, you know, examining the industry and looking at the pros and cons of the way it does business and then, you know, creating regulations for those industries. So I think the act of criticism is very important. I think there's a professional way to approach it. And I have no doubt that people who professionally criticize look at things on the internet and just roll their eyes and go amateurs, <laughs> you know? So um, given that I think it's very important, uh, I would have to say that criticism is a very good thing. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. So uh, uh, on criticism, um, I think that uh, that that having having people take the time to sit down and uh, and think about a given thing, whatever it may be, broad like this show like this show is, or specific like food or art or whatever, and provide an analysis for consumption by a general public to give them a sense of what that thing is like from their perspective. I think that's valuable. I think that's a good thing. So uh, criticism is good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a good thing. I think it provides value. I think as human beings, we're we're always sort of navigating things that are good or bad. I think we inherently just do that. We assign values values to things. Is it worth our time? Is it new? Is it is it good? And sometimes critics and 
help us wade through that. And criticism in general helps us separate the good from the bad, the valuable from the uh, valueless. And so, so I think it serves a good purpose. And I think also just being critical in general, critical thought, all that type of stuff, which you were talking about earlier, Bo, I think is just a really good perspective to have. So, yeah, there you have it. And the show is great, of course, which is highly critical of everything. <laughs> I, I, uh, I agree with everything you guys you guys say, and this is one of those those ones where I I would think for the most part would be an easy uh, an easy good, uh, but my my feeling is just and and I come back to it is that I have a lot of issues with with criticism and uh, I have a lot of issues with with uh, with how it exists currently uh, in our society, and I, I don't I don't necessarily think that. People are listening to each other. There's that famous expression. I don't even know where it comes from, but that everyone's a critic, and it, it's now true more than ever. And I remember Time Magazine. I think a few years ago, when YouTube made it big and all this, they um, they said that the Time Person of the Year was you, and and that everybody sort of collectively rolled their eyes at that. But it was that anybody could could now be. Uh, out there, uh, and 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 could have their voices heard in in a, a myriad of ways, and I just I just feel that like that's good in a way, uh, but in a way it's a lot of, it's a lot of noise as well, and it's people talking over each other. And Mike Mike made the point of of discussion strengthening. Um, what I see I see people uh, responding to to critical reviews and just you know hedging on one side and then hedging on the other side and then just just uh, going back and forth, coming coming into reviews with preset op- opinions, not respecting the author. I think that criticism can be good, and it, it still is. But in a show where we have a third option between good and and bad, I think that for criticism, at least in its current state right now, I'm going to have to say it is bullshit. Yeah. If if only if only all critics could be like those two Muppets on the balcony, Statler and Waldorf, eh? They'd be like, <laughs> those guys this are show old. sucks! <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know what's Croft? You actually raise an interesting point. It's called, and I've heard a term, and this is more like, a, again, the rise of the internet and popular stuff, uh, this term data smog, where there's just oh, yeah. so much crap coming at you that basically you just stop caring. And maybe with the overabundance of criticism, we're just getting data smog about stuff and everyone's like whatever who cares it does feel like now when there is a big thing like be it a big movie a big game a big book a big uh comic book a big whatever music album there is a lot of for every big thing there is hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of reviews it's for advertising revenue right i mean reviews um, yeah, well, like in a way, it's part it's part of the system of, of, of the way things work. But it's just like I'm I'm almost curious. Like you see the credits of these giant movies, and you you think, oh, God, how many people worked on this thing? Like there's there'll be the credits will go on forever and ever, and you're like, wow, this is this is nuts. But then I start thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? There's probably one critic for every person that worked on this movie at least. Uh, and so yeah, I can see what you mean by data smog. All right. Well, um, so I think that wraps up our show on the subject of criticism. If you'd like to send us your critique of uh, this episode or any of the other subjects on any other episodes that uh, we've recorded to date, um, and 
in the future, if you're listening to this in the future, um, okay, uh, send us an email at goodbadbull at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to read your uh, uh, email to us on the air, or you can also send us a voice memo. I'll promise I'll play it. Um, but I also can't promise that we won't criticize it <laughs> or that we will criticize it. Um, if you want to find out more about the show, you can visit our website, goodbadbull.com. There you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at goodbadbull. And finally, there are subscription links to iTunes, Stitcher, and an RSS feed. Um, and if you're so inclined, want to support the show, you can also critique our show on the various review forums on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, letting us know and letting other listeners in those environments know what you think about the show. Because, uh, you know, apparently they provide value. Um, all right. Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more about uh, what you're up to or just want to criticize you, I mean, where can they find you to well, do Well, they can actually find me offering blistering 140-character critiques on the tweets at Crofton Steers on Twitter. All right, Mike. And if our listeners want to find out more about what you're up to or criticize you, where can they, can, where can they do that? I like how Croftons are all blistering. <laughs> Laying out the blistering tweets. My my tweets are less blistering and more benign <laughs> if I ever do tweet. And it's at ML Hodgen. All right. And you can find me at Bo Schwartz. And um, Michael, you shouldn't be so self-critical about your tweets. I'm sure they're just as blistering as Croftons in my, reality. My last in objective tweet, reality. My last tweet was about being at the opening of the Biodome that my wife helped. <laughs> make yeah that's awesome See, benign it wasn't there was no there was no blistering if crofton was there he's like this biodome is a waste of public it's, funds should be told it's off the hizzook <laughs> <laughs> those tweets aren't half bad they're all bad Let's stop saying the word blistering. It's making me itchy. Blister. I kind of like it. It should be our word of the day. It's, 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 al- it's aggravating Bo- my hay fever. Yeah, Bo's got his hay fever slash chlamydia on his hand or wherever. <laughs>